Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I'm your host, Greg the Scott, and I welcome you to the Fancy File Podcast. It's in the name. It's a podcast, and we hope you're listening to it. And if you are listening to it, then you know how fancy it is. And the files and all that wonderfulness that comes along with it. I have today with me a couple of co-hosts. I got with me the mighty Mick. Mick, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You're co-hosting. I know. This is wonderful. Co-hosting. I'm, co- I'm coasting. <laughs> he's coasting. I'm coasting. <laughs> he's coasting as a co-host. Are uh, you? No, he's doing a good job. No, I'm doing my best. He's doing his best. People ask Mick, what does he do for a living? He's like, I do my best. My best. I do my best. We also have with us Melanie. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Also co-hosting. Yes. Don't forget it. I hope I don't. Good. That would be weird (laughs) if you did. Do you ever have those weird memory breakdowns? You just don't remember who you are? Uh, Usually when I wake up, that happens. Where am I? (laughs) Not again. What's with this room? Oh, wait, it's mine. How did I get here? That happened actually this weekend. You didn't know, oh, wow. but I wasn't in my bedroom. So when I woke up and I was in a different bed, I was like, "What? TMI. How did I get here?" TMI, people. TMI. Wait, I'm in a different province. What is this? Exactly. For those of you who don't know, we are Canadian, uh, specifically Quebecois, uh, Quebecers in English. Uh, mm-hmm. So we don't say states; we say provinces. Yep. Except if we talk about going to the U.S. French people will say, on s'en va aux States. <laughs> well, and there you go. I hope you understood what that meant. For those who know, <laughs> they you know. know. They know. <laughs> you can write us in. Speaking of that, uh, you can find us on Facebook at the Fancifile Podcast. Uh, so we'd recommend that you like and subscribe to get all the up-to-date information, which is basically just, we posted a podcast. Just all the information you need. Right. Maybe, Check it out. Maybe we'll get really creative one day and start posting stuff on a daily basis, but not yet. Not yet. Not today. Maybe if I do this full time. Even if you did. <laughs> Even if I did do this full time. He ain't posted it. Did you post something? What was I supposed to do? I'd probably be like busy writing that's fair. books writing after books. books after books. Tell us about the, the new book that's coming out some point this month, next month, this summer. Um, 700 wives it should be out now what potentially potentially it's oh, either I remember out. when we're recording wow. yeah we're talking yes. about the future so the when future this episode now. is released it should be out or near like uh, about a week away if anything right i think I like we're to aiming re- for what the end of june yeah i like to release books on my birthday so it feels productive it's like happy birthday to you mick yeah and then i, I get like my book. new book and i'm like wow this is a pretty good this. book look at the stud on the back but um yeah so it should be out uh if you like the first one you'll love this one what if you don't like the first one you'll love this one okay (laughs) well except if you're not really uh if you're one of those christians that doesn't like to talk about sin then you won't like this at all no but if it makes you feel better you could say it talks about holiness fair enough and so sometimes the pill is easier to swallow if we talk about holiness um, as opposed to sinless living. Fair enough. Now, if you are a longtime listener, but you took a break because we took a break and you realize, oh, they're back. We're not releasing the podcast on YouTube right now. So if you were going on YouTube to listen to it, you're not, you're going to be surprised to find out that it's not there. You can find some old episodes up until last summer. And then we, we took a bit of a break and I think we restarted 
again in December, perhaps. Uh, so you find us exclusively on well, where you can stream most podcasts, which Google Podcasts is one of them. And Apple Podcasts. And Spotify. Yes. And Amazon. Oh, I think we're on Audible now. Good. Yeah. So those people who like to be read books can now be. Listen to us. Yeah. In podcast form. So you could pretend our podcast is a, a book. It's like a book. It's a long winded book. Or we, we tell you about books that some people on this podcast write. Yeah, like the one Greg's writing. I'm not writing a book. I'm speaking prophetically. Okay, that's good. <laughs> the books that would be on prophecy. Yeah. And or the book of Revelation. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, perfect segue into what we're doing. Uh, as we open the fancy file drawer, broop, I guess that's the drawer sound, and take out the file on the churches of Revelation. Yay, everyone's excited. Revelation. <laughs> I get excited over Revelation. I think it's sad that a lot of Christians get spooked by it, but no, we got to break that chain. Uh, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, we have we started a series a little while ago where we were dissecting just the messages to the seven churches uh, that are given in Revelation. So a lot of difference of opinions on why it's seven. We believe seven is the number of completion. Uh, so it's like the perfect number. And we also see Jesus makes an appearance among the churches. The Reve- uh, the revelation that uh, he gives to John is John was on the Isle of Patmos because there was a lot of persecution at the time. And he was exiled to this rocky place. And you think, well, nothing good's going to happen here. And he gets one of the greatest revelations in the history of all history. So that's pretty cool. Uh, But before you get into the prophecy stuff, Jesus has some things to say to seven specific churches, which I believe can apply to churches throughout all history. So that's important to remember. It's not just a message to those specific churches. And the one that we're doing right now, Pergamos, this is the compromising church. I think out of the seven, five of them had serious problems. And one of them was really bad. And that's the last one. That's the Laodicean church. But this one, and this church had good good things we just we read about it uh in previous podcasts about how they did not deny the faith how there was a a martyr was what was his name i forget his name you might as well just here's my bible might as well just look it up antipas antipas i was thinking that and i was thinking like king something and i was like no that doesn't work oh king agribus yeah i mean i don't remember yeah my mind went somewhere else i'm mixing up stuff. i see you greg thank you good i see you too you're right over there uh so, in these letters, in these messages, Jesus, who, by the way, we have the revelation of him in the midst of the churches in, in chapter 1, Christ is among his churches. He is the head. We talked about that before. He is in charge, and he will deal with churches that get off track. Uh, and he'll even have words of encouragement for churches that aren't off track, but it's always good to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. Uh, and that's why it's important to be in prayer and also to be in the word, obviously, because we believe that God speaks through his word. And we do believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to individuals, never to contradiction of scripture and never uh, that would be placed on par or higher than the word of God. Uh, but still it's, we need to be listening to what the spirit is saying. And 
and we see that in this we, at the end of almost every i think at the end of every single one it says the you know he who has the ear let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches uh so without rambling on we're gonna re- we started we're gonna go through verses uh 14 and 15 we've already done now if you were if you did miss uh we recommend that you go back and listen to the previous ones if not just keep in mind that for, for this one, it's Revelation 2, and we're reading, we won't be reading all of it, but it's Pergamus churches from verse 12 uh, to verse 17. Uh, but today we're going to read 14 and 15. Mick, if you can do that for me, please. But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus, you also have those who hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Thank you. Mick jumped ahead. No, it's good. Did I, did I go too far? Yeah, you we went too you. far. That's okay. It's good. Um, okay, so 14 and 15. Now, we come to the verses that, that bring the rebuke. So in these letters that Jesus shares, he has words of encouragement, words of uh, commendation. These are things that please the Lord that the churches are doing. But then there are also things that they're doing that greatly displease the Lord. And so we're seeing that here. This, this is what will displease the Lord. And this is where the compromise comes from. Um there's things that we, that churches can do that can displease the Lord. And the Lord rebukes them for those, for, for two specific things. Now, before we get into it, I think this is can be something that can be hard for Christians to accept. That and it's the Jesus rebuking us. Uh it for some, it doesn't fit their theology. And if your theology doesn't allow for this, then there's a problem because you have potentially an incomplete picture of Jesus or perhaps maybe you're following the wrong Jesus. And, and, and that's a serious thing. And there's, the Bible warns us that there is another spirit, another Jesus, and another gospel, meaning that there is a false jesus that's presented and in the world today there is a false jesus presented you have the cults that will present you'll get um people will come and say jesus was an angel at one point he's the uh and and i I don't mean angelos as a messenger i mean an actual angelic being like like michael the archangel actually some people flat out say jesus was or is michael the archangel you'll have uh, Jesus presented as a lesser God than the Father. And, and yet the Bible is is very clear that he is the God. He is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. Uh, you'll have some who present Jesus as the brother of Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Jesus is, is not the brother of Lucifer. He is the creator of the angelic host. He is not a brother of the angelic host. Of course, in that religion, they do not believe that Lucifer would have been an angel at first. They would have be- believed he was a, a type of pre-created uh, spirit being. Uh, and many other different types of versions of Jesus that are out there. Uh, and even within 
what is called Orthodox Christianity. I do not, I am not saying Orthodox Church is in like the Greek Orthodox or Russian Orthodox. I mean, that which is considered sound biblical teaching. You will have Christians in those churches that will not accept a Jesus that can bring rebuke. And, and again, this is a problem because you're denying yourself the full picture of Christ. I mean, what do you do with the Gospels where Jesus is rebuking Pharisees? And you, well, Jesus didn't rebuke the sinners. And yeah, in some cases he did. He rebuked people for their unbelief. He rebuked people and, and he would say, go and sin no more. Uh, never denying that the fact that what they're doing was wrong. So he called the people of Israel stiff-necked. This wasn't just, you know, it wasn't only directed towards those of the religious side. Um, why do you guys think for some Christians this is challenging? Well, I think for one, we don't like rebuke even in our everyday normal life. Um, at work when your boss calls you into the office and you don't know why you think that your life is going to end this is it, they're firing me they found out that I spend too much time at the water fountain and then subsequently at the bathroom but then we transpose a lot of things from our own lives and how we feel towards the Bible and there is this aspect of I think our faith and about Christians as a whole that want to make Jesus more like us when in reality the Bible is all about Jesus wanting to make us more like him um, and so a lot of these fears and 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 things that we disagree, don't like in our own lives we try we tend to project which is why some people erase hell it's why some people erase judgment or sin or all of that, um, and then just kind of make out for themselves a, a Jesus that looks just like them. Can you repeat the question so I can make sure that I'm answering something that makes sense? Why do you think that for some it's challenging the, that Jesus can rebuke? Um, so I think that we don't like being told that we're not perfect. Um, we don't like being told off. We don't like being told that we're wrong um, because we're not humble. <laughs> it doesn't come naturally to us to be humble and to want to be corrected and to want to be rebuked because we want to be told that we're awesome. We want to be told that we're doing great. We want to be told that we're this, we're that. So it hurts your pride when you're told that you need to repent and yeah it actually it it physically hurts sometimes when you realize that you have to repent for something and you're like oh man i really messed up like i really thought i was going on a straight path and i was like way off so i think that could be a reason why do you think that it's possible that some in their desire to make jesus and i'll say the word attractive in evangelism try to soften him 
make him more appealing by removing what they would consider harsh things? I'd say 100%. But I think we're at this point in our culture where we've done it with everything. We have movies where that is the issue. They're they're boring and kind of lame. Why? Because not only are we told that this character is amazing, but they don't have to grow. There's no change. There's they don't have things to overcome because they're already perfect. That's good, Nick. And so, you know, in our own lives, it's the same thing. Oh, I don't You're saying I'm going to have to change? Mm. That sucks. I don't want change. Life's good right now. Mm. You know? What the question was again. (laughs) So we all know that Melanie does not pay attention. No, it's because it's past. You're good. (laughs) The question is, do you think that some, in their attempts to reach out to people with Jesus Christ, uh, try to soften the blow a bit, make them more... To them, like attractive, like you know, take away the stuff that they might think would be unappealing, which would include the judgment stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, back when I was a kid and I didn't really know how to read the Bible, I would skip over the parts I wouldn't like. Wow. You know, I'm like she's off the podcast now. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) So. I mean, if people do that in in evangelism, I wouldn't be surprised. And also, like in the past, I have to admit that I have apologized for certain things that the Bible believes or that the Bible says, which is not okay because as Christians, we shouldn't be apologetic about the truth and we shouldn't try to water it down. We shouldn't try to say, I'm sorry that God says that you're going to help. Like, no, we shouldn't apologize for that. It's like it is what it is. I don't make the rules. He's the king of the universe. He decides that it's this way. And my duty is to share the gospel and I have to present it. Well, there's not like a magic formula and specific words that we have to say, but there's certain elements that have to be there when you share the gospel. (coughs) So I think if we try to take away from that, we're taking away from the gospel message and it's, it's bad. And it's all like in an attempt to try to make Jesus look more appealing, but he's like the most appealing, most most amazing person ever. And we're trying to make him fit to our 21st century standard. And it's like, well, he wasn't, he's way greater than this century. (laughs) So why are we trying to make him fit, you know? Yeah. Okay. So we want to talk about things that displease the Lord. About the Church of Pergamos. Okay, so there were some that were holding to and practicing, one, the doctrine of Balaam, and second, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. So first of all, doctrine matters, okay? Paul wrote warnings about doctrine. Jesus cares about what we believe. Anyone who teaches that doctrine doesn't matter is a liar uh, and they're false teachers and they must be avoided because false doctrine can open the door one to sin, obviously. And and we think about sin leads to destruction and destruction to death and, and on and on and on. Uh, you know, 
there is an issue I think that exists within the church world and it would have existed then too, but I think you're seeing it in some areas more now where <clears throat> doctrine is viewed as stuffy. It's not important. It's, it doesn't matter. And, and I think that's very dangerous because if you read the Bible, if you, if you read through the new Testament, you read the writings of Paul, you can't get away from the fact that Paul calls people to contend for the faith. Paul, calls people to the study of the word. Paul talks about the purity of doctrine and how important that is. And and, and in writing to Timothy, he deals with uh, how important doctrine is. So we know all that. We see all that. We see what the scripture says. And yet you see churches, some, I mean, not all of them, obviously, but you see some churches getting away from this. Uh, and, you know, you'll listen to some of the most famous teachers that are out. If, if you're, if you live in the West, if you live in America, some of the most well-known teachers, not all of them, but some well-known preachers out there, you would never ever hear them talk about doctrine. Most of their messages are, yay, go you. You never hear the Word of God really expounded upon, and you'll never hear teachings about the Trinity and why we believe that God is triune, that there's one God uh, who exists eternally as three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, you won't hear about the holiness of God. You, you won't hear about the substitute. The substitute, the finished work of Christ. There, I'd rather say it that way. Try to use a bigger word and mess it up. You won't hear about those things, and that's unfortunate. So then, false doctrine creeps in, and then it begins to spread. Oh, Co-hosts, why is false doctrine so dangerous? Because it's a slippery slope. I talk about this in my book, Seven Hundred Wives, out now. But there is this thing where it's like it can start with good intentions where you change a little thing because you know you were talking about how uh, earlier about how some people believe that jesus was like a brother of lucifer well and it's like and then they go well lucifer wasn't this then this wasn't that and it's like wait a sec everything has changed now it is not just a detail that you changed it's a whole different thing uh, when you change an an ingredient in a recipe suddenly it's no longer the same recipe. You know, um, if you try to make bread and replace the flour with baking soda, then you, you're you not going to get bread. The, you're, you know, it's going to be gross, terrible. And so it's like, it's why a false doctrine is so destructive. It's because you end up with a different product in the end. Uh, you may call it bread, you may call it the gospel, but it is not the gospel. And right. It is not the bread of life. Right. Melanie, why is false doctrine so dangerous? I like what Mick said. I mean, I guess to synthesize, what I would say is there is no other gospel. Like people can present another message, but it's not what God intended. And there's a reason why he put it out there. There's a reason why. Um, he gave us the gospel is because it's the power of God unto salvation. It's the only way that can, the only message that can save people. So we can't change it because nothing else will save and everything else will lead to deception. Everything else will literally lead you to hell. It will like lead you to hell. It's super deceiving um, and it's all a lie. Mm. All right, now what are these doctrines that Jesus brings up? First, Balaam. 
Well, Balaam was a false pro uh, prophet in the Old Testament uh, who was trying to help the kings of Midian and Moab to curse Israel. And they were these kings were paying Balaam to have Israel cursed, even though God told them that he wouldn't curse Israel. So after a bit of that, and you find that in Numbers, what Balaam decides to do is he teaches or basically tells King Balak how to cause Israel to stumble. And basically it was to send them pagan women so that they would basically marry them, which was forbidden. And that would lead them to idol worship. So fast forward to now, what would be the comparison of the doctrine of Balaam, which is basically would be compromising with pagan worship. Now, I mentioned in an earlier podcast when we were talking about Pergamus or Pergamum, depending what translation you're reading, that this was a center of idolic uh, worship, idol worship, pagan worship. And a lot of those paganistic rituals involved sexual activity. So if they would go, if you were in that city, you participate in this, you would go to a temple and you would participate in some type of sexual ritual and it would be considered uh, with a priest or priestess or whoever was there, uh, and it would be considered an act of worship in that pagan religion. So if you have people in the church who are coming in and who are basically, they're basically encouraging this mixture of paganistic ritual worship with Christianity. And so you have a mixture of godly doctrines and worldly paganistic practices. Uh, they may have even encouraged marriage to non-believers, which is, again, in, in the Word of God, uh, we're told not to be unequally yoked with non-believers. Now, that doesn't mean that if you become a Christian after, after getting married to a non-believer, that you're in sin. But if you are a child of God and you're single, marrying a person who is not a Christian is wrong. So if someone comes along and is telling you that's okay, that's dangerous. They're, they're teaching you something wrong. Why? Because that person can lead your heart astray. And that's basically what happened with Israel, is that they led them to idol worship, which then caused there to be judgment in the camp. And of course... Any type of involvement with pagan rituals is, of course, strictly forbidden. I'd, idol worship, obviously sexual sin outside of marriage is wrong. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what you claim it is, even if it's quote-unquote religious, it's still wrong. And I think you do have today uh, th that which calls itself Christian, that it has existed for thousands of years, that has mixed bits of Christianity and, and heathenism and paganism and witchcraft all together and you end up having some weird types of something out there and it's it's very dangerous. Well, and if you look in the Bible, um, I believe it's in Numbers um, and probably around this, uh, probably around the same verses as the story of Balaam, uh, you find my favorite character throughout the whole Bible uh, this guy called Phineas. F the story of Phineas is incredible because 
he doesn't show up often. He shows up like twice, I believe, throughout the whole Bible, and it's contested that the second time they're talking about the same guy. Uh, essentially, there's a man in Israel who says, I'm just going to marry a Moabite. That's it. I'm going to do it. What are you guys going to do about it? So he gets married to this woman and brings her in his tent. And God says, well, you guys are cursed. The, the camp will be cursed. Israel is cursed. And so Phineas says, I don't think so. So he grabs a spear, walks into the tent, and, and ends the problem. He ends that relationship there and then. You want to share with the audience how it was ended? Uh, with a spear. Now, being chucked? Well, I'm not, well, I'm not advocating that we would spear people in the church that... Uh, what if it was a wrestling move? Well, maybe. But then again... No throwing spears. No throwing spears. But there is this thing of like, no, you need to cut that short. You can't allow for people to... You know, we can't say, hey, you know what? It's okay that you want to marry an unbeliever and still call yourself a, a, a committed practicing Christian. But you know what? That is happening a lot today. It does because it's easy. Because if you look at the statistics in just Quebec, right? Like you're not, we're not even surrounded by people who pretend to be Christians. Like some people have that problem. I don't know if this person's a real Christian or not. In Quebec, it's like they're not a Christian. Yeah. If anything, you might find out that they're a Christian. You know, like, really? You're a Christian? I guess we can get married now. <laughs> but you have this thing of like, there's no one. Huh. And so we can't allow it. The easy way out is not the way that God has decided for us. God has just said, this is the way. And that's how it's going to be. Yes. Right? And it's okay. It's not legalism. It's not, you know... We're currently living our worst life now. It's going to be amazing once we get to heaven. Yeah. But we are living our worst life now in yeah. comparison. Yes. In you know, comparison, in of com course. I'm, my life's pretty great, but in comparison, total garbage. That's the way of putting it. Yeah. And some would agree that currently it is total garbage. Some would just believe that. But I know that it won't be when I cross the line. Right. And it won't be with a spear through my body for disobedience. We hope not. I hope not. <laughs> uh, you know, I think we're going to land the fancy flower plane for this episode. Uh, so in our next podcast, we're going to deal with the second part of the false doctrine, uh, which is the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Uh, and I hope that there was, it was encouraging. I know talking about false doctrine sometimes can be discouraging but you know we hope that by you listening to this that the word of god is refreshing your your hearts your lives your souls uh, and is sparking a fire in you so i was your host am your host greg the scott i had with me mick thanks for having me and melanie thank you take care and god bless